Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Liberis, Senior Manager, Marketing Operations at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Danielle. Hey, everyone. It's Sari. Welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there's a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with some insights, tips, and best practices, and breathing room from the critical work you do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. With us today, we are so excited to have another great teacher from our 2022 Extraordinary Educator class, Zach Fremmer. He is a third grade teacher at Liberty Elementary School in Washington. So welcome, Zach. We're so glad you're here. If you don't mind just introducing yourself to our listeners, that would be great. Hey, thank you. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, yeah, like she said, my name is Zach Frimmer. Uh, I work at Liberty Elementary in Marysville, Washington. Um, it's a Title I school. I've been teaching for about four years and have been uh, trying as hard as I can to make sure that I'm integrating as many resources and strategies and skills from across different schools and uh, within my own teams and my own school as well. So it's, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun too. Yeah, welcome. First off, congratulations on being one of our extraordinary educators. And I just want to start by actually asking, how's your year going? How are things? <laughs> Pretty well. Um, I'm actually currently on paternity leave, so uh, very well right now. Uh, but up to this point, we last year, I actually taught fully online, my wife and I did, because we were expecting our third child. And so we both stayed online uh, when our schools went back. And then this year, we're both back in the classroom. She actually took maternity leave off for the first half while I worked, and now we kind of flip flop. Um, but it went awesome. Uh, one of her, one of her uh, teammates actually came over. Two of her team teammates came over to my school, and so her team kind of became my team in third grade, and which has been awesome because they're people I know and I worked with, and when I did my student teaching. It was with that team, uh, and uh, it's been going really well. The kids are super happy to be back in person. That's how I teach a lot better. Uh, I'm much more of a physical and like emotional interaction teacher than someone who can like sit on a computer and just talk at children. That's way less fun. And I don't think it works as well for actually educating kids, but you, know, you got to do what you got to do. It's much better for them to be safe than to be, you know, you know, we got to, we got to make sure that we're doing whatever we can to do the best we can for our kiddos. So it's been wonderful, wonderful being back in class with children. That's great. And I love that you are a teaching power couple because we often don't have um, interview a lot of educators that spouses are also in education. It sounds like oh, you and your yeah. wife are being pretty smart about half the year, half the year and still maintaining and, and helping your personal family. I'd love to hear more about you thinking of your role as a leader in your classroom. What are some of the ways that you're collaborating with others to really help bring out the best in children that you work with? Uh, sure. Yeah. So one of the things that I learned from even just when I first started working in schools um, as a pair and then through my student teaching and stuff like that while I got my master's was that it takes, because you, know, you do the old adage, it takes a village, but it's more than just that one teacher that helps those kids uh, be successful, right? Your main teacher is a really important part of that. And their job is to not only give them the opportunities to learn and to uh, grow and to take control of their own learning, but it also takes so many other people, the pairs in your school, the other teachers, if you do team teaching, that is a wonderful way to help make sure those kids diversify not only who they're learning from, but how they can take that education into their own hands, which is so important. 
So the leadership role I take, or at least I try to work on, is uh, making sure that all of the people who are part of that puzzle are all on the same page and they're all learning the same things and they're all um, contributing and adding things to help any ideas become better. So um, it started when I worked over at Colcita Tlaloc Elementary as a para. And, um, and then again, through my student teaching, I worked with that team that actually my wife was on and they all worked together. They actually rotated classrooms for every single subject. Um, they met every single day after school. And so that kind of became ingrained as, oh, this is how we do things, right? You don't teach in a bubble because then it's only your ideas. It's only the things you find. And then you go to teachers pay teachers or you just struggle and you don't know what to do. So I found myself going and finding the people around the school that are experts in different areas and bringing them into my classroom and bringing them into other people's classrooms to help show their expertise and help them grow their practice just on a regular basis. So I didn't do this because I was like, hey, everyone needs to be better. It was just because that was the way I felt like we needed to do things. We needed to all be part of this collaborative learning experience. And I wasn't in necessarily like a leadership role, like I'm not a TOSA or anything like that. I just thought, hey, this is a great way for us to become a better community as professionals, a better way to, especially for our kids to help them grow and be more successful. And it provides a better example to the students of, Hey, this is how you can interact in a, when you grow up in a personal, uh, in a professional setting, as well as in your student setting, you have to rely on each other. You have to collaborate with each other, which we do a lot in our classes. That's why we focus a lot on like AVID and GLAD strategies, because they really make the kids work together and rely on each other to be successful. And so I show that through not only my own teaching practice in the classroom, um, through things like Socratic seminars and uh, philosophical chairs, but also with other teachers and through you know, things like leading staff PDs and um, being part of the building equity leadership team and things like that, where I can help myself grow and also be a good example for the kids to see, show them, hey, this is how you can be successful. You're not on your own. Yeah. You just said so many amazing, amazing things. I feel like we could spend hours dissecting each piece. Thank you for sharing all of that. I think some of the main ones that I took away is like, first of all, just um, valuing the other experts in the building. So many times you do feel like you're teaching in a bubble and just knowing that there's so much strength, um, around you and bringing those people in. And then I just love the metacognitive piece of it. where like, you're modeling for students, how to do what you want them to be doing in your classroom, which is collaborate, learning from each other, respecting each other. Um, it's so, so powerful. So thank you for sharing that. I'm curious if you have any, like, if this sounds appealing to other folks who maybe don't do this as much right now, right? Listeners who are like, yeah, I, I want to do that. What are some like things like replicable things that you might do weekly or monthly or even daily that, that kind of, um, echo the sentiment that you just explained? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Um, one, one thing that I really focused on in the beginning was making sure I was involved in my school as possible. And, um, I was very fortunate that I had a school culture that really helped me do that. Uh, but just becoming as involved, like right off the bat, I joined our BLT team and I'm not saying you have to make that kind of commitment, but just going to everybody in the school that you figure out who is actually uh, an expert in what, because everybody's an expert in something. Everyone is really good at that, even one thing. But uh, there's some people who are really great at a lot of things that I go to a lot for help or I go to a lot for advice or to get their opinion on something. So my biggest piece of advice was would be learn what the strengths of your team are. Learn what the strengths of that family at your school is because those are the people that you can go to when you run into a problem and you don't have to just languish on it, right? You can go to that person and say, hey, this is a weird issue I'm having. What do you think? And 
when you do that, the more you do that, the more cohesive your team becomes, the more uh, reliant your school family becomes on each other. And that helps you be more successful and it helps empower those around you to be more successful as well and to want to help. Because I, I mean, I have a couple of colleagues who are in other schools that don't necessarily have that kind of supportive culture and they're trying to change that. And one of the things that we've been doing is having them go to other people and find people in different teams and different grade levels. Um, sometimes maybe it's a reading coach who actually is really, really good with a specific type of, um, of like a writing technique or something like that. And you can go to them and say, hey, I've been having this issue with some of these kids. What do you think? Or would you be able to come in and work with my kids for a minute? Or can I watch you do a small group? And that helps not only you grow that practice, but again, it shows the kids that, hey, everyone's involved in your learning. And it helps you build a community that is reliant on each other and can go to each other without feeling weird about it or without feeling like, hey, you know, I, I'm not sure if I feel comfortable talking with other people. Um, it helps you really kind of open up those conversations. So finding experts in your school. That's a very long-winded way of saying finding experts in your school or finding people who are good at things and giving them the opportunity to show that they're good at it. And thank you. Yes. And the other huge benefit of doing what you're doing is to feel less isolated, less alone. It is hard time to be a teacher. I mean, y'all, people who are listening are experiencing it. I'm sure you understand it. You read it in the news all the time. And the best way to solve loneliness is through connection. And actually when we are around other people and can, and can have coworkers at work that not only we're collaborating with, you can get into flow, you can really start to have more joy and fun that is going to enhance your teacher experience and is also going to reduce the level of burnout. So everything you're saying, not only does it great to benefit academically, different learning styles, all of the benefits you listed, and it's also going to help with your mental wellness and connection at schools. So what I would love just to, it's, we're about, we're about that time. We almost are running out of time. So I'd love just one last thing. What's one uh, maybe joyful moment or something that really helps you connect with your colleagues that other people can maybe try, like something that maybe if you, you don't have enough time or you're really stressed out, like what's something that brings you back together to gather again? Um, yeah, actually this is a fun year to ask that question for, because I'm, I was conscripted into our social committee this year. Um, we just rotate by grade level and this is the worst, the worst group to do that. Cause it's, my whole team is either new to the school or me who like, I've been in a portable the last three years and have like, <laughs> no, I have to like search out people to figure out anything. Um, but honestly, finding ways to bring individual joy to people is something that I've been working really hard on. So it could just be leaving a note to somebody and saying, Hey, I really appreciate you. And that's it. Like, it doesn't have to have your name on it. It doesn't have to be for anything. Just like, Hey, you really appreciate it. Or, um, I, <laughs> I have not told my staff this, but I switched out our bathroom signs, um, for the men's and women's cause we use them both anyway. And I switched them for these uh, 3d printed ones I found on the internet where there's like a unicorn and a dragon and it says, whatever, <laughs> to just wash your hands. Um, there's a pirate and a mermaid. Um, so little things just around that, like make people smile. And if you do enough of those, eventually there's just, a, there's just a lot more smiles, right? Like it doesn't have to be big things that you have to go out and do. It can be like getting someone a bar of chocolate and with a little ribbon on it that says like, you're awesome. Or sending them a quick email saying, Hey, I really appreciate that you stood up and talked in the staff meeting the other day. Or, um, I saw how you handled that kid who was having a really hard time. I know that's tough. Thank you for doing what you do. Little things like that. It take like 
10 seconds. They take no time. They take no effort, but they really make a huge impact on your school culture, as well as just your personal relationships with other people. Um, and especially now, like you said, it's, it's hard. You know, I taught online all last year and it is isolating and it's wonderful to be home, but it's also extremely difficult to not be around people and to foster those relationships and build those connections makes such a huge impact on not only the mental health of the people around you, but the, um, the caring attitude that people carry on, not only through staff to staff interaction, but most importantly into the kids. And they see that and they see how you start treating each other after you have that positive relationship that you're building. Uh, and it makes a big difference on how they treat each other and you. It's so, so true. They really do echo what what you do and your actions and just your like aura almost, you know, and I, yeah. I love um, those small examples. You said just like writing a note, writing a post-it, putting it on someone's computer. It takes two seconds, but it can really make their day, their week, their month, you know, and, and mm-hmm. enough of those small things do add up. So I uh, really appreciate your insights and expertise, Zach. Thank you so much for being here. And it was great to chat with you. Yeah, it was awesome talking with you guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow along as always on Twitter at Curriculum Asoche and on Instagram at MyIReady and be sure to tag us in your posts so we can see the work you do. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest or want to be a guest, please email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. Please be sure to subscribe where you listen to podcasts and review an episode if you feel inclined so we can reach more educators. This is about you. We are here for you. So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.